Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. We have been uh, going through James, and um, my my son said, Where are you, when are you going to quit that? <laughs> jogging, th- I think he meant jogging through James. Well, I don't want to... Marathon. I don't know if that's the way you said it. <laughs> but anyway, um, hallelujah. It's crawling through James. I was, but uh, that, that doesn't, it's not very empowering, is it? Thank you, Lord. God is good. There we go. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. You know what? You know, you get into the worship every day. Ah, everybody's, you know, hollering, you know. Then you go to the few announcements, and then I get up. <laughs> I like to stir things up. I like to keep you stirred up. Thank you, Lord. Say, I don't want to be stirred up. You know, um, well, thank you, Lord. I'm just going to get to the message. We're in James chapter uh, 2, and uh, again, I want to just reiterate this, that really the whole book of James can be looked at as the Proverbs of the New Testament, but as I'm going through this, I also see that it is a book of faith to show show you how to encourage your faith or diminish your faith. And I just want to give you a a few thoughts on faith. How important is faith? Well, the Bible says that you're saved by faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Thank you, Lord. And then I love the next verse. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. God is personally invested in you. You know, a lot of times we we get so lost in the crowd, but God hasn't lost you. Sometimes, have you ever gone, you know, I, and I'm speaking to myself personally, I, you know, I can relate to this. Have you ever been in a crowd and felt so lonely? I could be in a crowd and sing the Hank Williams song, I'm so lonesome I could cry. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. What else? We walk by faith. We walk, the scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. We please God by faith. Hebrews chapter uh, 6, verse 11, it says, uh, without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe 
that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, scare you because we're saved by the grace of God. But you know what? We please God. We, are we going, are we expecting to live a life of rebellion <laughs> and then walk into heaven? This, uh, you, this might upset your theology a little bit. It, uh, we were arguing, uh, well, I wasn't arguing. Uh, I was a young Christian at the time. We, my wife and I were running a Teen Challenge coffee house in the city of Kansas City, and there was an argument going on between Christians. You know, Christians just argue. <laughs> you know, um, they were arguing over once saved, always saved. And uh, I remember... The thought, or the one guy, he was an older Christian. Of course, I was only 20, uh, 22 at least, maybe 23. And he said, you think Jesus is going to come back and while you're with somebody and say, pull up your pants, boy, it's time to go home? So I don't know if that upset, but it got me to thinking. Of course, I was married. I wasn't with anybody else. I don't go by the, uh, by the theology, if you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with. That's not, the, that's not my theology. Aaron said this morning, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you have to, be, have to live through the 60s and 70s, I guess. So what else? Uh, again, you please God by faith, you go to heaven by faith. You don't get into heaven by unbelief. I only got one amen out of that. Well, actually, it was uh. You cannot go to heaven without faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said to a blind man, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, she said, he said, your faith has made you whole. He said to the woman who was a Syrophoenician woman, she was actually a Gentile, her daughter was vexed with a demon, and she would not let Jesus go until she got what she wanted. And Jesus, and Jesus called her a dog. How many women would still be in the church if I went around calling you a dog? <laughs> Jesus said, oh woman, great is your faith. Faith is important. Are you walking by faith? Are you living by faith? As a matter of fact, the disciples, uh, they were trying to cast out a demon and they couldn't do it. And they asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief, because of your, the just shall live by faith in the faith of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Hallelujah. And I, that was all just a, a, a pre because I want to show you how important it is to walk by faith. I don't want you to just hear these messages and grade it. I remember uh, years ago, I used to be graded on Jimmy Swigert's sermons. <laughs> I would preach, and uh, some people would come up to me after the service and says, well, Jimmy Swigert, don't preach like that. You don't believe that. 
I said, well, I'm not Jimmy Swaggart. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not against Jimmy Swaggart. Yeah. Or I would have people come up, you know, it's all right. But we're not just here to judge sermons. We're here to live by faith. And sometimes the Word of God will say things that we don't necessarily like. I remember when I was a kid, I heard Popeye's censored now. But uh, my mother used to say, eat your spinach, you'll be strong like Popeye. The way she made spinach, I didn't care. I hear you. It was slime. I don't, I don't like eating slime. But anyway, let's get to James. James chapter 2, verse 1, he says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. What is partiality? Well, the phone says, Siri, says it is an unfair bias. We have a bias towards an individual or towards people. And I want to uh, share a little bit of that as I go on, but I just wanted to make the definition of what partiality is. The word says, don't hold the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ with partiality. He says, oh, I'm not partial towards anybody. Well, just let me get a little farther. He says, for if there should come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, you stand here or sit at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality, unfair, unfair bias? Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? You know, Christ came into the world to save the world, right. not to judge it. Right. He came to elevate you. He came to lift you up. The scripture says that we are raised with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. It is above your pay grade to criticize and devalue people. You're out of your element. You're out of your league. God has not called you to destroy. He has called you to build. Now, Jesus didn't use the word partiality uh, in, the, uh, in the Gospels, but there was a, uh, the, Jesus was going through Samaria, and he told his disciples to go, James and John. He told James and John to go ahead and prepare you know, for a place to stay, and they wouldn't receive Jesus because he was going to Jerusalem, and I don't have time to delve into that, but... John, James and John said, should we call fire down on them? As Elijah did. They had scripture backing them up. <laughs> it's always good to have a backup scripture. And Jesus rebuked them and said, you know not what spirit you are of. I did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Jesus is in the process. He says, well, I'm already saved, brother. 
You ain't there yet. I mean, he's, you're already saved in your spirit, but how many of you know some of you need to be saved in your soul, in your, yeah. in your mind? Amen. Your mind needs to be renewed, and it's not just by uh, what Jesus said in the, in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit has to reveal and enlighten. You know, the scribes and the Pharisees, well, mostly the Pharisees, they knew the Word of God. They knew the Word of God. They, they quoted, they studied, they tried to live by, but they were judging other people by it. They even judged. It's funny, you know, you got God standing right there before you, and you're judging Him. Well, let me just get a little closer to home. God sends somebody to you that you're biased about, or you, uh, you show favoritism to somebody else and you, you dishonor the one God sends to you, you're judging God. Dude, can you back that up with Scripture? I'm trying to. <laughs> Jesus said, yeah, you know, I send these to you and you reject them. Let's get on. He goes on to say, or in Galatians, I want to point this out because I want to expand that beyond just the rich and the poor. How many of you know there's partiality beyond just being rich or poor? Okay. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, he says, For you are all sons of God through faith, in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ and put on Christ, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, where there is neither slave nor free, where there is neither male nor female. See, he's pointing out these groups and he's saying, do not be impartial to these because, because I have redeemed them Hallelujah. Let me just, I wanted to say this earlier. A thought came to me. But before I say it, men, it is, the, it is the pattern of man to devalue. It is our pattern. It is the pattern of man. It is the pattern to devalue people. But Christ has come to elevate people, to lift them up. Let me just say this uh, the scribes and Pharisees had an attitude of being above everybody else. You know, they even said when they, uh, when they were dealing with the blind man that Jesus healed, he said, he, they, uh, he, they said that these people are cursed because they don't know the law. But Jesus said to him at another time, you do err not knowing the scripture nor the power of God. It's not just knowing chapter and verse. It's also letting that word come alive in us. I'll tell you what. You know, all of us have to overcome issues in our lives. Hallelujah. Are you still here? You gone home? Okay. We're going to be get back in the... 
In James chapter 2, verse 5, he says, he says, listen, my beloved brethren, God uh, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? He says he's called the poor to be rich in faith. I found out what that means. It means to have no other option. God is your only option. A lot of times the problem we have is we have plan A, plan B, plan C, and God's somewhere down the list. But the reality is, is God should be at the front of the list with no other options. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Poor in spirit doesn't mean you're poor in your pocketbook. It means you're poor in the fact that you are humble, humble before God, waiting to hear what he is saying and leading and guiding you. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is hearing God's voice and obeying it. The obey, the, sometimes the hearing part's a little easier. It's the obeying part. Do I want to do what Jesus asked me to do? Has God ever asked you to do something? And you say, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Go talk to that person about the Lord. Get thee behind me, Satan. Well, the devil, let me just tell you this. The devil's not going to ask you to go talk to somebody about Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Let's go back to James chapter 2, verse 6. He says, but you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into courts? Do they not blaspheme the noble name by which you are called? Let me just ask you a question. Uh, well, James here, James, let me just reiterate it, is the pastor of the church of Jerusalem. You know, the scribes and the Pharisees that crucified Jesus are still there. Yeah. They're still there. They're still persecuting the church. They're trying to stamp out the church, and they were the rich. They were part of the rich class, and that's why he is pointing to them. You know, uh, they, were so, they were so biased and partial that they criticized Jesus because he hung out with publicans, prostitutes, and sinners. What is a sinner? It's just somebody that's breaking the law of God. Of course, none of us have. You know, there's over 600, 600 laws in the Old Testament. And we can't even keep the 10. <laughs> Just the thought. Jesus, help us. Oh, I've never broken the law. Do you always honor the Sabbath? You've never dishonored your parents. You've never wanted what somebody else had. Just a thought. <laughs> All right, verse 7 of James chapter 2. Do they not blaspheme the noble name, which I've already read, by which, you're, by, by which you are called? So let me just point out a couple of other. Today, you know, government, media, education, and business 
are persecutors of that name. Okay? But do we hate them? No. No, we don't. Do you know that Christ also had many rich followers? And you know, rich is kind of a relative term. So how many of you, don't raise your hand. <laughs> but how many of you think you're not rich? Don't raise your hand. Well, I got bills to pay. At least you got something to pay for. Uh, one of my, my first missions trip was going to a place where they lived in cardboard boxes. My second missionary trip was going to a place where they got the, the, where people were rummaging through the city dump to find things to eat and to. Anybody here been to the dump looking for something to eat? Hallelujah. So, you know, we can't really, how are we defining the rich and the poor? Of course, there's the lifestyle and the rich and famous, which I don't think any of us are a part of. Thank you, Lord. Don't be partial to any group. Don't be partial to male or female. Don't be partial to the rich or the poor. Don't be partial to nationalities. I've had a question. I know this is a political topic, but just a, a thought keeps coming to me. Uh, do you know God in the Old Testament tells people not to uh, be harsh or mean to foreigners, those that are not Israelites? And I, yeah. We ourselves as Christians, we are, not to be, we are not to be hard on those who cross the border. You know, my mind says, let's close, the, I want to close the border. But the reality is, if they're here, we cannot be unkind to anybody if you want to follow Christ. Oh, how many of you are going to come back next week? I'm not preaching next week, so you can come back. Oh, let's go to verse 8. He says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. What is the royal law? The royal law is the law of love. The whole law is to point us to, well, it's, the scripture says, If you fulfill love, you fulfill the law. So it is the royal law. If you have a love problem, you have a faith problem. Let me just get a little closer to home. How many of you just always just have that sweet, loving affection from your spouse? How many of you give your spouse a hard time? How many of you want to get even with your spouse? My old saying was this, my name is Stephen. I don't get even, I get ahead. But anyway, <laughs> those are back in, the, back in the day. Still have to 
drive that monster out, huh? So, if you have a love problem, you have a faith problem. So you fix your faith by receiving God's love and loving others outside of your grid. It's easy to love people that we're connected to, that we love. Part of our fellowship, you know, some, sometimes even in our fellowship, it's hard to get along. I remember there's this one movie, you know, I, it wasn't a bad movie, but there was a bad guy in it. But he said something that it just sticks to me. It just sticks with me. He says, why can't we all just get along? <laughs> and he's sarcastic in saying that, but why can't we just get along? The reality is, in the kingdom of God, we're not going to be separated by groups. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians 13, Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass and clanging cymbals. Uh, do you remember when your babies got into the, into the pots and pans and started holding church? <laughs> and even that sounds better than the, the strife that, that comes with people. He says, and though I have the gift of prophecy, I, wanna, I want to focus on that for just a second. Though I have the gift of prophecies, because sometimes we try to elevate people that have certain gifts. But God doesn't elevate people with certain gifts. God will use a donkey. Balaam's donkey talked to him. I can't go there again. And although, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Man, you can display all the gifts of the Spirit. You can be right and everything that you say, and you can move mountains, but if you don't love, you are nothing in the kingdom of God. He says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. I could give my body as a martyr, and if I'm not doing it out of love, I profit nothing. Thank you, Lord. Love suffers long. Oh, Jesus. I might as well tell this. I was telling my brother-in-law, we actually, we lived with my, with my sister and brother-in-law right after we got married. We, I got out of the Navy. I, we moved to Kansas City, and I was living in my sister's basement. It was nice. And I remember uh, my brother-in-law was criticizing... <laughs> my sister, 
And I said, the Bible says love suffers long. And he says, well, how long do I have to suffer? <laughs> well, love is, pa- this is another word, love is patient. You're still married, by the way. <laughs> there was a period of time, though. <laughs> they are still married. Almost as long as I've been alive, but... Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. We are not to have an arrogant attitude over other people. No matter what group they're in. Racial, sexual, gender, you know, social status. Rich or poor. You know, some people, the, the scripture was, that he was using, he was talking about favoring, favoring the, uh, the rich. But how many of you know if you're poor, you have a bias against the rich? Thank you, Lord. He says, does not behave rudely but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. There was uh, one, of the, one of the songs they, they were playing during the worship, and I thought, man, I'd sure like to have that played again at the end of the service. And it reminded me of the message of the early church, which is Christ the victor. Christ the victor. Christ overcomes in every situation. And if we identify with him and we're following his word, we overcome in every situation. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to verse 9 in James. He says, but if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the laws the transgressor. For whosoever for, for whoever shall keep the whole law and stumble in one point is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you don't commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who shall be judged by the law of liberty. What is the law of liberty? It is the law of love. When you operate in the law of love, you operate to liberate yourself and to liberate others. If you are outside of the law of love, you are binding yourself. You have, the scripture says in another place, and give no place to the devil. If I'm walking out of love, I've opened the door to allow the enemy to come in So that he can torment me. Be turned over to the tormentors. Verse 13. He says, For judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. I want to read that again. You know, this is New Testament, by the way. Anybody here? You already gone home. You already thinking about dinner. You know, uh, not to 
not to put anybody down, but usually I, I'm the one that cooks. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> she cooked me a meal, and I said, don't worry, honey. This is back in the, in the 70s. Don't worry, honey, I'll take care of it. <laughs> well, her father, uh, her father had a heart condition. They didn't use salt. Jesus said salt is good, but I know some doctors tell you not to use it. <laughs> a little dabble do you, right? But let me just finish this. He says, for judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. How do you look at other people? Do you look at them with mercy or do you have a judgment? You know what? If, you're, if you are living as a judge, you are living above your pay grade. That's right. Now let's finish the verse. He says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen. Hallelujah. When I, you know, and there are judgments that are not only at the end, but there are judgments now. You know, if you are mistreating people, you open the door for judgment. You open the door for judgment. If you judge others without love, you will receive no love in the coming judgment. Wow. Be careful not to put an overemphasis, this is going the other way, be careful not to put an overemphasis on, on, the, on the love of God and rejecting the fear of God. Oh, well, you know, he's just all love. He is all love. But I, but, and I love him because he first loved me. But I'm not just going to live any way I want because he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me more than just I am his own. He tells me that how, how I'm to treat people. He tells me how I'm to love people. He tells me how I'm to reach out to people. The kingdom of God, again, is is hearing the voice of God and obeying it. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to have to quit. I wanted to finish the whole chapter, but and the next time I preach, we'll have to devi- not deviate. We'll have to uh, get away from the book of, uh, of James, but I'll be back. As uh, Douglas MacArthur said, I shall return. (laughs) As Arnold Schwarzenegger said, I'll be back. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord God, that you are making us new, that you are uh, making us new creatures in Christ. We are new creatures in Christ, where old things are passed away and all things are become new, but we are also being renewed in the spirit of our minds. And we choose, Lord God, to hear your voice. We choose, Lord God, to be those who walk by faith and not by sight. We choose to be those, Lord God, who 
Lord God, who not only want to be lift up, lifted up, but we want to lift up others also. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the grace of God and the Spirit of God and the anointing of God to come upon each one. Father God, to live a faith that will lift others up outside of our grid. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, I like you. The pastor told me so. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the uh, I'm going to ask the team to come up. Healing team. <laughs>